الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومطاعنا محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فقد قال الله تعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قد افلح المؤمنون الذين هم في صلاتهم خاشعون صدق الله العظيم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اول ما يحاسب به العبد من عمله الصلاه فان صلحت فقد افلح وانجح وان فسدت فقد خاب وخسر او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ريسبكتد علماء الكرام ايلدرز بلاو برادرز ان اسلام in a few places in the quran and also in the ahadith of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam we find that when encouragement is given towards making effort preparation for the hereafter for one's akhirat then interestingly allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses terms which those of us who are engaged in business in commercial enterprise we will be familiar with these terms example of this ya ayyuhal ladina amanu o you who believe allah is addressing the people of iman hal adullukum should i not show you should i not encourage you should i not guide you should i not inspire you hal adullukum allah is addressing the people of iman allah is saying i want to show you something so what would be expected to be we would expect it to be some amal some action of deen some ibadat but what is the term quran uses ala tijara hal adullukum ala tijara tijara literally translates commerce trade business Allah Ta'ala says, should I not show you, indicate you, guide you, inspire you towards a business? But what is the effect of this business? Tunjikum min azabin alim. It is going to save you from a terrible punishment. Allah Ta'ala is referring to amal of deen, but Quran uses the word tijarat and business. There are many instances in the life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, sahabi would come, and he would boast about some commercial achievement allah's rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam would use that commercial achievement to turn his attention towards akhirat this psychology of quran and hadith is in fact allah's mercy allah's shafaqa allah's kindness because as human beings intrinsically we understand commercial financial material principles 
Day and night we are engaged in commercial enterprise. And in the business world, every one of us understands what we call a season. What is a season? In commercial terms, a period wherein there is expectation of heightened financial activity. Example, December is a season. Some public holiday, depending on the nature of the business, becomes a season. In the same way, in our Islamic calendar, in our deen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy, compassion, kindness, there are seasons. Seasons not where there is an opportunity for you to make more money. Seasons when there is an opportunity for you to make your akhirat. For you to gain the forgiveness of Allah. For you to gain the mercy of Allah. For you to retrospect and change the direction of your life. Where Allah throws open the doors of His mercy, forgiveness, compassion and kindness. And one such great season, we are steadily, very very quickly encroaching upon. And that is the Mubarak and blessed season of the month of Ramadan. Our noble master sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, before Ramadan could come, as we know in commercial terms also, the astute businessman doesn't wait for December to stock up his shelves, to start his advertising campaign. Long in advance of that period of expected heightened financial activity, the preparation starts long in advance. Two months before Ramadan can start, we find the hadith, the dua of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma barik lana fi rajaba wa shaban wa balighna Ramadan. He said, oh Allah bless us, bless us in the months of Rajab and Shaban. Why? Because this is the stepping stone, this is the ladder, this is the starting of the preparation for what? وَبَلِّغْنَا شَهْرَ Ramadan Cause us to remain alive, to experience Sayyidu shuhur the leader of the months of the Islamic calendar, the Mubarak and the blessed month of Ramadan. The season has started. Abu Bakr, Warraq al-Balkhi rahimahullah. He used to give this analogy and example. He would say, مَثَلُ شَهْرِ رَجَبْ مَثَلُ شَهْرِ رَجَبْ مَثَلُ he would say the example of the month of Rajab is like a planter, like a farmer. What does he first do? He first plants the seeds. He says in Rajab is the plantation of the seeds. وَمَثَلُ Shaban, مَثَلُ السِّقَالِ zara. He says the example of Shaban is when you start watering the plantation. And وَمَثَلُ Ramadan, مَثَلُ حَصَادِ zara. He would say Ramadan is when you will reap the harvest. Similar saying of Abu Bakr wal-Raq, al-Barqi rahimahullah. He would say مَثَلُ Rajab, مَثَلُ Rih, وَمَثَلُ Shaban, مَثَلُ Ghaim, وَمَثَلُ Ramadan, مَثَلُ Matar. He would say the example of Rajab is like the wind. When the wind comes, what happens after that? Shaban is when the rain clouds would gather. And Ramadan is when the Mubarak and the blessed rain will actually start falling. Rajab has come. In Naidat al-Shuhur, 
Allah says the number of months in the Islamic calendar are 12. Four we have elevated. Four we have granted what we call special status. We have made them arba'atun hurum. Four are sacred. Of the sacred months, one of the sacred months is Rajab. We have entered into a sacred month, which is a stepping stone for Ramadan. Rajab normally... According to many of the Muarrikheen, is synonymous with a great mu'jiza and miracle, a great gift that was granted to our Master sallallahu alaihi wasallam, a manifest gift by which Allah made it clear the status, the maqam, the position enjoyed by Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam over all the Anbiya alaihi wasallam and over the rest of Allah's creation. The mu'jiza and miracle that I am referring to is that of Mi'raj, Mi'rajun Nabi. Many Muarrikhina of the opinion it took place in Rajab, may have taken place in another month also. But majority or many of the opinions are that it occurred in this month of Rajab. Mi'rajun Nabi, according to many Muarrikhin, was in fact a consolation, consolation prize that was given to whom? To that personality, that personality who suffered more than any human being ever suffered. Uditu fillah, malam yuda ahad, ukhiftu fillah, malam yakhaf ahad, walakad atat aliyya thalathuna min bayni yomi wa layla, mali wali bilalin maya kuluhu dhu kabid, illa ma yuwari bihi ibtu bilal, okamakal and nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In the normal sequence of events, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, I suffered in the way of Allah more than any human being ever suffered. I was made to fear more than any human being ever feared. And they passed upon me and Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu 30 consecutive days, one month, and there wasn't sufficient to eat besides what Bilal radiallahu ta'ala anhu could conceal underneath his armpits. Both of them, that much food for one month. This was in the normal consequence of events. Yet the persecution, the qurbani, the sacrifice increased. Allah Ta'ala in Surah Baqarah, there is one verse wherein this sunnah is explained. Am hasibatum an tadkhulul jannah walamma ya'tikum mathalu alladhina khalaw min qablikum massathumul ba'sa'u wadd-dara'u wa zulzilu hatta yaqul ar-rasul walladhina amanu ma'ahu mata nasrullah ala inna nasrullah qareeb Allah says, trials, tests, tribulations, persecution, hardship. This is the price tag for Jannah. This will always be what is meted out to the sincere servants of Allah who are striving in the way of Allah. They will be tested. Quran says, وَزُلْزِلُوا They will be shaken to their core. Such will be the extent of the test. That a time will come. يَقُولُ الرَّسُولُ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مَعَ The messenger and the people of Iman will say, مَتَى نَصْرُ When is the help of Allah going to come? And then it is Allah's sunnah. 
لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها. Allah will never make you bear what you cannot bear. Allah will never place a burden upon you beyond your fortitude. When you reach that end point, that test will come, conditions will come, and then what is the promise? Inna nasrallahi qareeb. This is in fact the curtain raiser. Allah's help is going to come. This is Allah's sunnah. My Nabi suffered more than any human being any ever suffered. Then the persecution reached breaking point. Many muarikhin of the opinion, Mi'raj was consolation when that persecution had reached its absolute height. Jumu'ah, it's impossible to go into details. Time is very, very limited. But just very, very briefly, three major events. Amul Huzn, the tenth year of Hijrah, is known as the year of grief. The tenth year is known as the year of grief. Why? One hand, that pillar, that support, fortitude inside the house, Sayyidina Khadija radiallahu ta'ala anha, who gave everything, she was taken away. Her demise occurs in the tenth year of Hijrah. Outside the house, Abu Talib, Here I'm going to digress a little bit. Because nothing teaches us the value of Iman more than this. This was that uncle of Rasulullah who loved him more than his own children. He gave everything for Rasulullah wasallam. They approached Abu Talib, the Sanadid of Quraysh, the Kufar of Makkah, the great, great persecutors of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. They said, stop your nephew. I've mentioned this many times before. As an ummah, we have to identify with this. Stop your nephew from what? What did they have a problem with? Did they have a problem with his ibadat? Did they have a problem with his tilawat of Quran? His tilawat of Quran, they would secretly gather to listen to it. His ibadat... When he worshipped Allah Ta'ala for days on end in Ghar-e-Hira, in the cave of Hira, the people of Makkah would praise him. They would love him. It would resound through the streets of Makkah, Al-Ameen, As-Sadiq, the truthful, the trustworthy, Muhammad, the most honorable one amongst us. They had no problem with his ibadat. He would make salah for days on end. Allah's ibadat for days on end at that time in whatever manner or form. His food would run out. Khadija would have to carry radiallahu anha supplies for him. And yet they extolled his praises. What did they have a problem with? My respected brothers, they had a problem with his dawat. When he started calling humanity towards the oneness of Allah... When this concern to turn humanity's attention away from this dunya towards akhirat, this is what they had a problem with. So they came to Abu Talib, stop him. If you don't stop him from this, Nauzubillah, we are going to kill him. We are no longer going to accept your protection of him. Naturally, the protective instinct of Abu Talib, the love that he had for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he sends for him, my beloved nephew, please, I beg you, I exhort you, stop. Stop this dawat. Two riwayat. Hayatul Sahaba, Mona Yusuf Sahab, rahmatullah alayhi, mentions this riwayat. One riwayat. Lo wudhi'a shamsu fi yameeni wal qamaru fi yasari. 
This is symbolic language. Allah's Rasul says, if the sun, in a desert climate, the sun is synonymous with heat, with hardship, with persecution, with difficulty. In other words, oh my uncle, no matter what they do to me, no matter how they maim me, persecute me, no matter what torture they meet out against me, no matter what they do, whatever obstacle is put in front, in the desert climate, the moon is synonymous with beauty, with splendor, with ease, with attraction, with comfort. Whatever wealth of this world or temptation of this world they throw at me, if the sun is put in my right hand and the moon is put in my left hand, Ease, comfort, adversity, persecution, hardship, whatever is meted out against me, I will never abandon calling humanity to Allah. Another riwayat. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to his uncle, if they take a burning coal, if they take a burning coal from fire, place it in my hand and cause my entire body to be burned to ashes, that I will tolerate. But I will never tolerate abandon calling my ummah to Allah. They had a problem, my respected brothers, with his dawat. That which today as an ummah, as the followers of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, Many of us have this mindset when it comes to Dawat and Tabligh, MashaAllah, good work, carry on. If I have the time and energy, I'll do it. It's not really my responsibility. Weigh that. Weigh that in the light of the response of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is our guide. This is our role model. This is our day. This is our night. You want Allah to be happy with you? Meet Allah in this mold. The mold of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Abu Talib, who doesn't have iman also, when he sees this, this determination, look at his reaction. فَاسْتَعْ بِأَمْرِكَ لَمْ تُسِبْكَ صَبَابَةٌ وَلَقَدْ صَدَقْتَ وَقَدْ كُنْتَ ثَمَّ أَمِينًا وَلَقَدْ عَلِمْتُ بِأَنَّ دِينَ مُحَمَّدٍ مِنْ خَيْرِ أَدْيَانِ الْبَرِيَّةِ دِينًا لَوْلَا الْمَلَامَةُ وَحَذَارَ مَسَبَّةٍ لَوَجَدْتَنِي سَمِحًا بِذَاكَ مُبِينًا He says, oh my nephew, carry on with what you are doing. No harm will befall you because you have been truthful. You are truthful and you are always amanadar. And then Abu Talib, Abu Talib, he says, I know in my heart that the deen of Muhammad is the best of every religion. If it were not for the fear of the mocking and the taunting of the women of Quraysh, that as a result of old age I abandoned the religion of my forefathers, I would have openly recited your kalima. Abu Talib, everything placed on the mantle of sacrifice for Rasulullah wasallam. yet because he was deprived of iman, he will be in Jahannam khalidina fiha abada forever and ever. What price tag can you and I place on this iman, which many of us proverbially in the lap of our mothers were given this iman? How much value do we have for it today? Rajab, Mi'raj, my respected brothers, unfortunately, as an ummah today, when it comes to commercial enterprise, when it comes to business, when it comes to even our dressing, 
when it comes to the standard of our home, the type of car we ride, drive, everything we want perfection, everything we want tip-top, everything we want meticulous, everything we want perfect. Some of us can't even tolerate one crease in our kurta or in the shirt that we are wearing. Everything must be meticulous and tip-top. Unfortunately, this concern for perfection and excellence does not translate into our deen in our religion. When it comes to our deen and our religion, majority of us, illa mashallah, we are going through rituals, motions, getting it done, running through the motion, the reality, haqaiq. Mi'raj is a topic, significance of Rajab, these are topics, wallah, even my limited knowledge, the occasion of Juma is impossible to even scratch the surface. The issue, what are the haqaiq? What are the realities? What are the lessons? What are the asbaq? What are the issues that we have to revisit? Realize, what is the lesson behind Mayaraj? Few of those lessons, time is already running out. One side, the pillar inside the house, Khadija is taken away, radiallahu anha. Outside, the demise of Abu Talib, the persecution increased exponentially after he died. To the extent that is mentioned in the riwayat, Rasulullah comes home shortly after his demise, having suffered such persecution, he says, Ma asra, ma wajadtu faqdak ya am. He says, how quickly I am sensing and feeling your loss, O oh my uncle. Then the incident of Taif, that we won't even go into the details. Mountain of persecution, mata nasrullah, consolation comes, the help of Allah comes. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam is in the home of Umm Hani, the sister of Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu. Jibreel comes, from there he is taken to the Hatim. In the Hatim, open heart surgery occurs. Without any hospital, without any fancy medical equipment, no ventilator, no anesthesiologist, open heart surgery. The angel touches the chest of Rasulullah the chest opens up. Two bowls are brought according to varying riwayat. One bowl has zamzam. The other one has, in one riwayat it comes hikmat. One riwayat it comes nur. A bowl full of this. The heart is taken out while Rasulullah is looking on. The heart is washed in the zamzam. Then the heart is cut open. And from the second bowl, hikmat, nur, iman is filled into the heart of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Then the heart is placed back. This was symbolic preparation for Mi'araj. In it is ishara. In it is indication that open heart surgery will become a plausible reality later on. Buraq is brought. Fulqal himar dun al-bagal. Little bit taller than a donkey, shorter than a mule. Buraq literally translates fast speed. This animal would travel at supersonic speeds. Here also ishara indication that supersonic speed travel will later on become a reality. First it was given to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. My Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam describes the speed of this animal. He says each step was as far as the eye could see. The earthly part of Mi'raj starts 
which is indicated in the Quran. Subhanalladhi asra bi'abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-haram ila al-masjid al-aqsa alladhi barakna khawlahu linuriyahu min ayatina. Interestingly, in one narration it is mentioned that night, the doorkeeper of Aqsa tries to close the door. The door refuses to close. Sends for the carpenter. Carpenter says, one says, the lintel on top has become dislodged. That's why it's not closing. I'll fix it up tomorrow. Then it will close. The padri comes. He says, nothing to do with the lintel. This thing will close. This door will close normally tomorrow. Tonight it is being kept open in honor of the last prophet who is going to come for Mi'raj. Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam are gathered. Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa. Imamat of Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. In other words, a symbolic manifestation of that expression of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, wherein he said, Ana nabiyul anbiya. I am the nabi of even the Anbiya alayhimu salam. Few things ulama mention. With regards to this imamat of Anbiya, in other words, asbaq, lessons, haqaiq, which occurred in Aqsa, they say first indication by coming from Masjid al-Haram to Masjid al-Aqsa, leading the Anbiya in Salah in Aqsa is indication that now Aqsa will also become Tabi'ah, Aqsa will also follow Masjid al-Haram. Aqsa will no longer be the Qibla, the Qibla will now be Masjid al-Haram, which later on became a reality. Second lesson, ulama say, Rasulullah sallallahu led the Anbiya in Salah, in this is Ishara. What Ishara? Inna dina indallahil Islam, that from now onwards, the seal has been placed upon Islam. وَمَن يَبْتَغِي غَيْرَ الْإِسْلَامِ دِينًا فَلَيُقْبَلَ مِنْ From now, anyone who comes on any other way, لَوْ كَانَ مُوسَى وَعِيسَى حَيًّا عَلَيْهِمُ السَّلَامِ لَمَا وَسِعْتُمُوهُمَا إِلَّا اتِّبَاعِي Rasulullah s.a.w. enunciated this. He said, if even Musa and Isa alayhimu salam were alive today, they also will have to follow the shariat of Muhammad wasallam. What room is there for you and I, for Yahudiyat and Nasraniyat in our dressing and in our values and in our way of life? Even these anbiya to reach Allah will have to follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Through this imamat, this sabaq is, this haqiqat, this reality is made manifest. One, Aqsa is going to follow Masjid al-Haram. Secondly, the seal has been placed on the, on the deen and shariat of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that this is the one road to Allah. Thirdly, ana nabiyul anbiya, he is, Dignity, his maqam, his status, his nobility above the Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam is now established through this imamat. This earthly journey of Mi'raj Quran describes in the verse which I, which I recited. Subhanalladhi asra bi'abdihi laylan min al-masjid al-haram ila al-masjid al-aqsa. Then the heavenly part of Mi'raj occurs from Masjid al-Aqsa through the seven heavens. This distance, we can't even imagine what a distance this is. This 
spiritual aspect of Mi'raj, or this aspect of Mi'raj where he was taken bodily through the heavens, elsewhere in the Quran Allah describes it. وَالنَّجْمِ إِذَا هَوَى مَا ذَلَّ صَاحِبُكُمْ وَمَا غَوَى وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَى إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْوِي يُوحَى عَلَّمَهُ شَدِيدُ الْقُوَى ذُو مِرَّةٍ فَاسْتَوَى وَهُوَ بِالْأُفُقِ الْأَعْلَى ثُمَّ دَنَا فَتَدَلَّى فَكَانَ قَابَ قَوْسَيْنِ أَوْ أَدَنَا فَأَوْحَى إِلَى عَبْدِهِ مَا أَوْحَى مَا كَذَبَ الْفُؤَادُ مَا رَآى وَلَقَدْ رَآهُ نَزْلَةً أُخْرَى عِنْدَ سِدْرَةِ الْمُنْتَهَى عِنْدَهَا جَنَّةُ الْمَأْوَى إِذْ يَغْشَى السِّدْرَةَ مَا يَغْشَى مَا زَاغَ الْبَصْرُ وَمَا طَغَى لَقَدْ رَآى مِنْ آيَاتِ رَبِّهِ الْكُبْرَى أَفَرَأَيْتُمُ اللَّاتَ وَالْعُزَّى إِلَى آخِرِ الْآيَاتِ What distance is this? Time has already run out. Just a brief glimpse. How vast is this universe? This galaxy in which we live in, they call it the Milky Way. It's a conjunction of 17 galaxies, a super galaxy. They say if you travel at the speed of light, 186,282 miles per second, 300,000 kilometers per second. In one year, an object traveling at that speed will cover a distance of 9.461 trillion kilometers. This one galaxy, they estimate, is 100,000 light years. And they estimate there are 2 trillion other such galaxies, spanning a distance of 94.6 billion light years. And that is just 3 to 5% of the universe. The other 95% is dark matter, dark energy. This is Samao Dunya, first heaven. First heaven compared to the second is like a ring in front of the desert. Second to the third, like a ring in front of the desert. Allah's Rasul is taken physically, bodily. The only surah in the Quran which begins with the word Subhan. What does Subhan mean? Allah is spark. Allah is pure. Allah is free of what? Of of physics, of science, of geology, of astronomy, of botany. Allah is free of earth, wind, sand, water, of the basic elements. Time is stopped. Medical science is belied. Supersonic travel becomes a reality. Distances unimaginable are covered. The very essence, the ticking of the clock is halted. Every scientific principle is broken down. Atmospheric pressure is descending on us. One ton per person depending on your size. Allah to mitigate the effect of that atmospheric pressure has created pressure inside you. That is why as you go higher, outside atmospheric pressure gets less. Inside pressure is still there. Naturally, with this type of ascension, the body will explode. Why there is no outside pressure? That is why to travel in space, a space traveler needs an astronaut outfit. Yet Rasulullah sallallahu in with his normal kurta and lungi, unassisted by anyone, through the qudrat and power of Allah, asra bi abdihi, subhan, Allah is park, Allah is free, Allah doesn't need medical science, geology, astronomy, whatever. Allah is above everything. His qudrat, his power. First heaven, Adam alayhi salam. Second heaven, Zakaria, Yahya, Isa alayhi salam. Third heaven, Yusuf alayhi salam. Fourth heaven, Idris alayhi salam. Fifth heaven, Harun alayhi salam. Sixth heaven, Musa alayhi salam. Seventh heaven, Ibrahim alayhi salam. Beyond that, beyond that, time is stopped. 
This distance, we can't even imagine what it is. He comes to what we call the final outpost in our language, Sidratul Muntaha. No creation is allowed beyond that. Jibreel also stops. Permission only for one creation. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam to go beyond the Sidratul Muntaha. Qazi Ayaz rahimullah in his shifa, he mentions the riwayat. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi describes this. He says, Faraqani Jibreel. Jibreel left me. aswad. He had reached a point, there is no other creation. So there is total, complete silence. Human being instinctively becomes afraid. Why? There is nothing else. Total silence. aswad. All of a sudden, فَسَمِعْتُ كَلَامَ Rabbi. فَسَمِعْتُ كَلَامَ Rabbi. I heard the kalam of Allah. لِيَهْدَ رَوْعُكَ do not be afraid. Ya Habibi Udunu, Udunu, Udunu. Oh my beloved, venture even further, venture even further, venture even further. Such a point is reached, we've run out of time. My respected brothers, what is the sabak? Allah took him on such a manifest journey, such a miracle, such intizam was made. What did he come back with? Normally those that go in Jamaat, my personal experience, when I return, my, my granddaughter, Nana, what, what surprise you brought? What gift you brought? Naturally, someone goes away, they come back with something. What was the gift of Mi'raj? What did he come back with? Like I said, we've run out of time in one minute. Ibn al-Qayyim rahimullah beautifully puts it. He says, Lil-Abdi, Baina yadayillahi mawqifan. He says there are two occasions of mi'raj in the life of every mu'min. Allah took Muhammad in mi'raj and gave him such a gift that you and I were given mi'raj. Two occasions. Mawqifan. Mawqifun bayna yadayhi fi salati. The first is five times every day in the masjid. Mi'raj takes place. You present yourself in Allah's court. Wamawqifun bayna yadayhi yawma liqai rabbihi. The second mi'raj is the day when you will have to present yourself in Allah's court on the day of judgment. فَمَنْ قَامَ بِحَقِّ الْمَوْقِفِ الْأَوَّلِ هُوِنَ عَلَيْهِ الْمَوْقِفِ الْآخَرِ Ibn al-Qayyim rahimahullah says, fulfill the right of this first standing. Five times every day, pabandi correctly. Make your five times far salah with jamaat in the masjid correctly. With khushu and with khudu. What is the guarantee? Fulfill this first standing. The second standing on the day of judgment will be made easy for you. وَمَنْ إِسْتَهَانَ بِهَذَا الْمَوْقِفِ وَلَمْ يُوَفِّ حَقَّهُ شُدِّدْ عَلَيْهِ الْمَوْقِفِ الْآخَرِ He says, mock this first standing. Do it when you feel like, don't do it when you feel like. Juma the masjid is full, Asr the masjid is empty. Tomorrow morning Fajr even worse. Do what you want. Treat it lightly. Make a mockery out of it. And Allah protect you, Allah protect me. Ibn al-Qayyim says, Shuddid alayhi al-mawqif al-akhar. The second standing on the day of judgment will be made very, very hard for you. And there, there is no reversing the clock. There, there is no coming back. Mi'raj, take the sabak, take the lesson. If nothing else, take this lesson. That from now till I die, I will accept the hadiyah that Rasulullah s.a.w. came back with on Mi'raj and make my five times salah with jamaat. Say inshallah. Allah give us tawfiq wa